Hi, I'm Ethan Wagner, Chief Editor for Excelsior. Before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to read some of Horace Mann's community guidelines. Speak from the eye perspective. Listen for understanding. Assume complexity. Expect and accept a lack of closure. And learning leaves story stay. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's get into it. All right, everyone, welcome back to Excelsior. This is episode four, five, four, four of the podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Jordan. I'm joined by Mr. Caldwell and Alexei. Alo is back, and today we've got Jane Picturello and Justin Burrell. We're going to talk about Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, so let's just get started. General thoughts on the show. Alexei, you want to start us off? Yeah, um, I thought I really loved the show. I think that it was much better than WandaVision. Um, right off the bat, it was very intriguing, um, and I thought they, it was a very good plot. My only gripe with it was uh, it was sort of too easy of an ending. Um, I thought the finale could have been a little bit better, but I can't complain. I thought it was overall a very good show. Great. Abel? Great. What would you get it out of? Oh, no, great at the end. Great oh, at the end. Okay. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hey, all right. Go ahead. Ooh, okay, this was a great show. Um, part of it was, uh, you know, this came, like, right after WandaVision, and you you guys already know my thoughts on that. I, I did not like WandaVision. So, um, you know, seeing something um, completely different, and obviously with a much, or obviously this is opinionated, but in my mind, had a much better storyline, better characters, better villain, like, Everything was just better. In addition, there was a lot of real-world problems that were instituted yeah. mm-hmm. into this, which made it so much more intriguing because it's, you know, it's really interesting to see, you know, things happen on the news and then see the same exact things happen mm-hmm. in TV shows with, you know, fictional characters that, you know, people look up to and have been looking up to for generations. So I thought it was really cool to, you know, see that um, in canon. And... Um, it's also something Marvel has not done in a while, considering that a lot of Phase 3 and Phase 4 had to do with either extraterrestrial life or, you know, like, major um, superhero team-up movies. So seeing something that I guess you can compare it a little bit to um, certain aspects of, like, Iron Man or some of the original solo films, I think it was very refreshing to see a plot that you know, hits a little bit more to home in terms of real world issues. But um, yeah, overall, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously there's a million things I could say about this, <laughs> but uh, I, the one last thing I will say is the characters were amazing. Yeah. And as I was saying to Mr. Caldwell before we started, for me, something that really speaks to me more than any hero is a great villain. Yeah. Um, I think you could say that about Loki, who's kind of turned into an anti-hero, but um, I think you could also say the same thing about Thanos, and I'm gonna say the same thing about Zemo. If you know, if I'm walking away from a show or a movie and I'm like celebrating with the villain, or like, <laughs> okay, not in that context, but like, if I'm like, if I'm watching something and I'm like, that is a dope villain. I mean, that that yeah. doesn't. He literally me. looked at the screen. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> that I was, was. I was like, yeah. that is a cold man. Yeah. That was so cool. But yeah, otherwise, amazing show. Phenomenal. Jaden? I really have no complaints to be honest. (laughs) It was just so well-rounded, I felt. Like, every single episode, it brought, like, the same amount of intensity, except for the finale, which I felt like the action was lacking, but everything else was absolutely spectacular. Like, I... It was just amazing. Like, I, like, absolutely agree with Aloy. The character building in this show was amazing. Like, it's... 
we can go so many ways from this series. Like uh, we get uh, uh, Joaquin Torres as the new Falcon. That's right. Uh, we get uh, U.S. Agent, and uh, <laughs> I was like so amazed at like this d domestic part of superhero life. Like Sam having to deal with, with the repercussions of the blip and his family's financial situation and Bucky readjusting to regular human life and trying to make amends with himself and other people that he's hurt. And I feel like the fan base in general just loves seeing Bucky interact with Sam's family. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that out the end. That, that, that was amazing. But um, again, we can even see in the future Bucky's like relationship with the Wakandans and, as his role as White Wolf. And that may like... Uh, we may see that in Black Panther 2, and I'm just excited to see where the rest of the MCU goes now that we've established more of this, like, um, institutional, like, uh, tension, on, and that's not in outer space. <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't want to say what everyone else said. I kind of want to talk about the connections to other things, and a problem I've had with a lot of TV shows or movies in the MCU is it just felt like just a continuation of something else or it's kind of just like a gap like WandaVision we found out it was Doctor Strange was supposed to be in it yeah. so if Strange was in it that would have just been a tie straight to Doctor Strange 2 rather than its own separate entity but Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like its own show and they might even if they wanted to have a season two of Captain America and the Winter Soldier to build off of that I liked how kind of like what Aloy said Zemo, he was great but that can now lead to the Thunderbolts because we know he's on the raft oh we can talk about Black Panther 2 and White Wolf. We can also talk about the Dark Avengers with U.S. Agent and Miss Hydra. You could also talk about the Young Avengers with Isaiah Bradley's grandson. So there's so many, there's so many different, yeah, exactly. There's so many different ways they can branch off, and that's really interesting because now we're at the point where it's like all the traditional Marvel characters exist in the MCU, and adding different characters will be really interesting to see because, like, obviously Chris Evans and Iron Man aren't there anymore, so with their absence kind of filling that role, and I, that's why I was so excited about this show, and I feared that we would talk too much about Captain America, but we mentioned him, but it's like, okay, he's retired, right? And now it's just moving forward, and I'm really excited for the rest of Phase 4, and they actually build characters that are more than just heroes, they're people too. Yeah, I think, I'll, I'll give my own thoughts in a second. One of the big things I loved about Falcon Winter Soldier is even though WandaVision was pitched as like the entrance into Phase 4, this really felt like we're just bursting through the gates and going into this new era of Marvel. And I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta admit, like, I was really concerned after Endgame how Kevin Feige and, and the rest of Marvel were going to be able to make a universe that I cared about without Iron Man, Cap, uh, Black Widow, Thor's on his way out, Hawkeye's on his way out. I doubt Mark Ruffalo's going to stick around if he's the only Avenger. And so I was kind of worried, like, how are we going to be able to make people, and myself included, actually care about this? I care about Sam Wilson. I care about Bucky. I, I, I've usually never had an interest in Bucky. I just didn't find him to be a great character. After the show, I really want to see what he does next in Captain America 4, uh, Wakanda Forever, and, and who knows what else they'll put him in. Oh, yeah. Overall, I love the show. I think the finale has its own problems that we're going to get into. But I think the rest of the show was, was really great. As James said, the action was incredible. It really had that Iron Man 1, Captain America, Winter Soldier, like real-world, more grounded Marvel feel that we haven't had for like six years. Uh, so it was really nice to have that back and just kind of get back into the groove of Marvel. And now we've got, what, another year of movies and TV shows, literally one every three months. I'm pretty excited.
Uh, no, I thought it was pretty amazing. I saw the first four episodes in one day and then watched episodes five and six. And I thought to myself, to have a Marvel show that was this action-packed, this funny, this dramatic, everyone had an arc, was pretty amazing. And, I, and also tie in some pretty important issues that are going on in America today. And I thought, when's the last time Marvel was able to do that successfully? I would say Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. But here's the difference between those shows. This show had more compelling villains. Mm -hmm. And Luke Cage, you have Cottonmouth, but he's killed off in like episode seven. And Cottonmouth was a great villain, so you wasted him. And you wasted Mahershala Ali because you have this great actor, this great villain, but then he's gone and Diamondback just wasn't as compelling. Meanwhile, you have Jessica Jones, and, 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 and Kilgrave was, was interesting. He was interesting, but this was between Zemo and Sharon Carter and then um, Carly. Carly. That was amazing. And with Carly, you really did. It, was, it, was, it hit cinematic levels because she was very reminiscent of Killmonger. And you, un, even if you didn't agree, obviously, with the methods, you understood why she was doing what she was doing. And then you have something, and, and this is why you love Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson's like, I understand why you're doing this. I get it. Trust me. I understand. I'm living this very complicated life as a black superhero in America. And obviously he comes to take the shield, and he keeps trying to get her very much in the trope that we see in comic books, whether you're talking about Xavier and Magneto or, you know, he's trying to get her not to do this and he's unsuccessful, but I thought that it was well done. As, so as a result of that, I thought this was the best of the, um, the best of the Marvel television shows Definitely. thus far, even the Netflix shows. And I love Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. We won't talk about Iron Fist. But I love, I love, so for me, like, you know, Daredevil season one or Luke Cage season one or Jessica Jones season one or Daredevil season three, it was going to be pretty hard to top those. This did. I, I was really impressed. I think one of the big things that we've kind of touched on is unlike WandaVision where we all expected it to deal with real world stuff, namely like the consequence of having power, and they just kind of sidestepped that, this show really took that head on, yeah. right? So you have you know, Sam wrestling with the idea of being a black Captain America, especially after he learns about Isaiah Bradley and all that. You have Sam getting stopped and harassed by the police just because he's having an argument with Bucky, and only when they realize he's an Avenger uh, then do they start to have a moral compass. And then there's a lot of stuff throughout the show about mm -hmm. that. Um, there's the interesting dichotomy between how a European like Zemo looks at America and how an American like Bucky looks <laughs> at America. There's so much stuff in the show. And to me, at least, seeing real-world problems on screen, it's a really fine line to walk. There are some shows that do it really well, like Falcon Winter Soldier, but other shows that make, other shows that make it feel forced. Um, Lexi, you want to add something? Yeah, I should say a big problem we talked about with WandaVision was, like you said, the like the responsibility of having power and sort of the results of you of that power. And something that we that isn't that big in this in uh, Falcon War Soldier, but it's like addressed is the idea of power with Zemo. He literally talks <laughs> about why he believes there shouldn't be super soldiers because inherently, when someone has power, they become corrupt or they're 
Like, there, there's an imbalance in the world that shouldn't be there. And yes, like, they talk about, like, the idea of Cap, but that's sort of the outlier. He was, like, the ideal person. Remember, this is the guy who was specifically chosen to be the super soldier because he was, like, originally this scrawny guy, but he was chosen not because of his abilities, but because of his, like, mentality and his morals. So, I mean, I think that where they lacked in WandaVision, they really picked it up in Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like, they were able to encompass all these different, just not only, like, superhero world problems, but real world problems, like the idea of power, race, um, they touched on sexuality a little bit, but not too much. Um, sort of with like, I mean, the power broker kind of. Right. Yeah, and like, sort of, sort of that like, end confrontation between power broker and Carly Margothel, and so, yeah. Justin? Yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about my like, thoughts on Sam Wilson's character development. Mm-hmm. Okay, because before this show, we know that Cap gives Sam the shield, and a lot of people didn't like that because we know in the comics, Bucky, is a person who kind of takes the reign. Like, it depends which comic, yeah. but that's what people most commonly think about. And there's a lot of like, when you go to Reddit, like subreddits, oh, why is Cap Sam? Like, who's Falcon? But then in this show, kind of proved why mm-hmm. Sam deserved it more than Bucky. Right. And I always think about the Winter Soldier when we're introduced to Sam as this guy. He's kind of like a rehab guy for veterans with PTSD. And that, keeping that in mind makes sense why Sam is now Cap. Yeah. Because that kind of conversation between Bucky and Sam, where Sam is kind of using his experience with dealing with people with PTSD to help Bucky get through that. And Bucky ended up going to that guy who he killed his son. And they were friends and kind of having that reconciliation. That was really interesting. And also the idea of like power, right? Because you see like kind of the cosmic side of the mcu they have power and they just have it but we see with like humans like cap there's like kind of responsibility and it shows that even though sam doesn't have the super soldier serum he said that he wouldn't even take it he actually has the power to be a superhero so when he talks to the government at the end of the season and he said well and he had that huge speech it's like wow this feels just like how chris evans would sound if he was to say something and yeah yeah well yeah, I want to touch on something Justin mentioned briefly about how the show set up um, Falcon to be the perfect <laughs> Captain America. I give a lot of credit to the writers for starting the show off with him denying the role and mm-hmm. hanging up the shield and then introducing um, the new Captain America who becomes <laughs> who, uh, who does become um, play like that. Don't <laughs> and um, obviously the listeners can't see this, but I'm doing air quotes. But um, seeing someone, you know, kind of butcher the Captain America image, and then right. seeing, uh, you know, Sam because you know I actually think Sam evolved a lot as a person throughout the show and you know we've always known Sam as a good man but he's never played that um, you know frontline role at least in, as an Avenger up until now and um, yeah seeing um, oh my god how am I forgetting this guy's name John Walter oh yeah we were just talking about it no 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 we were just talking about it before the show started yeah just like that yeah so seeing John Walker butcher the Captain America name and then seeing Sam revive it I think that gave a lot of hope mm-hmm. to not like forget the plot for a minute like the MCU fan base right. and I think the writers executed that perfectly in addition to that you know 
when I saw the Phase 4 announcement and saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was like, this is just going to be some like TV show just to like, <laughs> you know, like get fans excited for a little bit and then like we'll move on. After seeing that, I honestly view Sam as like the face of the MCU yeah. type yeah. type tier of like superhero. Like, you know, Jordan and I were talking about this before the show came out and we were like, who's going to be the face of, not necessarily the MCU, but who's going to be the face of the Avengers? Well, also really quickly, because Marvel has a problem, Sony can still fight them with Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So they've really got a, obviously Spider-Man is the face of Marvel, Marvel in terms of sure. a singular hero. Obviously, they own the rights to X-Men again in Fantastic Four, but so they've got their groups. To it's going to take time to introduce them. And to get fans off of the burn of the X-Men. Right. And, so they, and, oh my God, Fantastic yeah. Four. They, they've got to get, no, they've no got to get the, right, they've got to, right no, they've got to get the, they've got to get people to trust it. So, and they still, every time they make a Spider-Man movie, it could get taken away from them. So you're absolutely right. They need a, they need a new face of the MCU. Well, oh, completely. Yeah. And in, in addition to that, like from even even if Marvel, you know, gets all their rights sorted out and like they can use Tom Holland Spider-Man however sure. they want, I still don't see Tom Holland Spider-Man as the face of the Avengers. Not yeah. the, not necessarily yeah. the MCU, uh, but as yeah. a guy that I want leading, you know, as like we've seen, like Spider-Man was never the leader of the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, no question. He's never been the leader of the Avengers, right? He's he never been even joined the Avengers. He's, he's normally it, it, a solo act. But he's but he's a he's a member, but he's never been the leader. Yeah, yeah he's, no, never, he's he, never been the leader, yeah. We could possibly see future foundation in the future with Spider-Man on the team. That's true as well. You could, they could move in the Fantastic Four. But I feel like Four, it's yeah. very unlikely. But, I but even, even, even with that, I think Adel's point is a good one. Uh, one thing you brought up yeah. was like seeing Captain America's name tarnished. This is a bit of a hot take. I've never liked Captain America like as a character. <gasps> I, I, I never liked Steve Rogers. What? <laughs> I, never, I could never resonate with Steve Rogers. Or It's not like Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans did a great job. Well, now Alexei's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, I, I'm gonna let everyone speak, and then I'm going to help. I'm gonna I'm gonna help Jordan out because I, I, I had a conversation about this with an, with a classmate and one of my best friends from Horace Man. But I'm gonna come from an old guy aspect of it. But I'm gonna let you guys finish and duke it out. <laughs> I was never able to resonate with Steve Rogers. Um, and when Alo and I were talking before the show, before Falcon or Soldier came out, we were talking like who should really have the shield, Bucky or Sam. And for me, Sam, I always thought that Sam was the perfect Captain America. Right. And this show really affirms that. For me, he is a better Cap than Steve Rogers. I think Sam represents the best parts of America and of Captain okay. America more than Steve Rogers ever could. Um, but, uh, the last yeah. thing I want to say, the last thing is, the reason why I bring that up is seeing John Walker in episode four right. kill that guy. Even as so, it was really weird for me because again, I've never loved Captain America the way I've loved like Iron Man or or right. Doctor Strange or Spider Man. Seeing the shield used in that way sent a visceral reaction through my body. Like I was solidly done <laughs> for a solid hour and a half after that. I don't know. Yeah, I emailed you. Like, I was like, I was like, I was done. 
Um, and that was a really weird experience. Anil, you look like you want to punch me in the face. So let's, let's start with you. Believe it or not, I actually want to agree with you on um, And I, like I said, I see where Jordan is going. Go ahead. Anil. I will, you know, I know a lot of people want to say something about this, so I will say one line, and I know you guys are going to scream after and start cross-crying again. So I want to say one thing. In terms of the three people we've seen hold the shield, Steve Rogers is an image of what people think America is. Okay. okay. John Walker is an image of what America actually is. Okay. <laughs> and Sam Wilson is an image of what America can become. Okay. Okay. So, how about you as the next Captain America? <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, I got that quote from Instagram. Like, six <laughs> good name is good to cite it. All but, good. <laughs> but in terms of, in terms of, you know, maybe not the hero himself, but in terms of what Captain America represents, I think that Sam Wilson. You know, I, I honestly agree with Jordan there. I can see why Sam Wilson is the best representation of Captain America. As a hero, I gotta go with Steve Rogers, right. just because you know there's, there there's just some stuff. I mean, look, if you look at the first Avenger and you see you know scrawny little Steve Rogers jump on a bomb, I mean, you, you can't teach that type of stuff. You right. either have it or you don't, and he has that. I mean, even if you want to go to Endgame, when you see him like getting ready to take on ten thousand ten thousand aliens, like and grabs a shield, does not even hesitate. So, you know, there's certain qualities like that that you just, you know, those are not teachable. You know, from a, you know, I, I play basketball for those that don't know. And uh, something that is always said is that there's, you know, you can't teach someone to be seven feet tall. You can't, can't teach, teach, you can't teach, you cannot teach someone to have the natural point guard instinct. You either have it or you don't. Steve Rogers, he has it. It's right. something that can't be taught. Now, Sam is a great person, and I think he has a lot of characteristics that cannot be taught either. Mm. That being said, you know, there is a reason that Steve has always been the leader of the Avengers. You know, Sam and Steve were fighting alongside at the same time, and, you know, there was a reason why Sam was playing the sidekick for a while. So as far as being a hero and, you know, leading an army into battle, Steve... No questions asked. As a figure and a representation of America and an embodiment of hope, I mean, I think that is Sam Wilson by right. a long shot. And that's why Steve chooses Sam Wilson. Yeah. Ultimately, Steve Steve Rogers knows that, and he sees that in Sam. Couldn't agree more. Who's hey, well, Jane? Jane, there you go. So I would like. To, <laughs> I mean, this is a uh, argument for another time on the fact that Jordan. <laughs> doesn't really like Captain America. Well, Steve Rogers is Captain America. But I can't, I can't agree with him more on the fact that uh, Sam Wilson is the best in rendition of Captain, Captain America because Steve Rogers, yeah, he was the first. He was the original. And he was like the perfect balance of person and soldier. And John Walker is the other side of right, the right. equation. Well, I'd like to say Steve Rogers is the middle ground. He is the perfect, like, he, has, he knows when... His values and morals as a person um, are more important than his objectives as a soldier. Oh, and he he does um, he does uh, incentivize the mission, but when he sees something that he just can't he just can't forget about or, or ignore, he prioritizes his own values, and I feel like that's what makes him like the bright symbol of hope of America. And then 
on like let's say if there's a skill here's the middle the top part of the skill is sand he's a person first soldier second in every single situation mm -hmm. and that shows exceptionally when he's trying to defuse a situation with Carly. And then we have the other Then John Walker! John Walker. So he is mission first always yeah. oh. on, until that little change at the end where he realizes am I gonna let these but people I'll, die? I'll, I'll throw one in to you. He's mission first and personal vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's all about his friend. He's yeah. ego driven. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, we feel for him. Exactly. When his friend is killed, when Lamar is killed, you get it. Steve Rogers would have never done that. No, and I don't. And, I and that's right. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we more than one of them, we know Steve Rogers would do that because when Tony shoots off Bucky's arm. Oh my goodness! Yes. Steve, it's, it's literally a shot-for-shot shot remake of that scene. Or even in the Steve first... Steve stops at the reactor and leaves Tony there. He doesn't kill him. We know right. Steve wouldn't do that. No, even in the first Avenger when he thinks Bucky dies. He doesn't right. try and kill, right? Not so, to mention, Steve would never make a DIY five-minute craft shield. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the summing up John, John Walker as a person is when he's having that conversation... Um, his battle star and questioning him being the perfect person for the shield. He says, Well, you earn medals in the Middle East. And he, uh, in his rebuttals, like, What did we have to do for those medals? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I completely agree with what's been said so far. However, and I understand where Jordan's coming from. Uh, I don't agree with the fact that, like, you can, you don't like. Steve Rogers, Captain America. <laughs> I, I can understand you liking Sam Wilson over Steve Rogers, but I think sort of based on my understanding, it would be sort of what I have the issue with is like, he's very, Steve Rogers is very similar to the issue that they have with, oh God, live action Superman. He is, I think this is where Jordan's coming from is, he doesn't feel relatable. He feel he, like, and I think that the reason why that actually I agree with that. I I think that the reason why Jordan doesn't sort of see this or it's not as extreme is <laughs> I don't see this. <laughs> no, no, no. he's trying to help you, Jordan. I'm he's trying, help he's trying to help. Yeah, Jordan, I don't need any help. Look at you, blinded. He's blinded. I, I think that the main difference is. The issue with Superman was he was completely unrelatable. Yes. He was like basically he was, he was yeah. Yeah. He was he's a god, a space alien god who's like basically <laughs> acts like a robot. With Captain America, at least he's human. And at least he exudes some human sort of components. But he is like this super person. And I think that the reason why Jordan doesn't necessarily like him is he, he doesn't, he's not really relatable. Like, I can't say, oh, wow, I relate so much to Captain America. <laughs> I'm such a good person. <laughs> I can lift a bus. Like, and, and Sam Wilson's just that guy who's like, dude, why am, like, I don't really understand what's going around me. I'm going to try and logically reason this out as a normal person. He works with what he's got. And I think that's why Jordan likes him more. Now, Completely, just like you know, that's another issue that I think Jordan might need to see um, uh, uh, healthcare professional. About. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we can discuss. That. Justin. Yeah, no, definitely. I think kind of what the problem is is some superheroes. Like even when you think of when they were made, 
they weren't made to have character arcs. Like, Captain America was made like in a time of, okay, we're just going to beat up Nazis, and then right. that's what they ended up dealing with. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Once again, I, th- I think that we need to understand that yeah. there's nothing wrong with beating up Nazis. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's, well, yes. That's perfectly reasonable. Well, yes. Yeah. I forgot what Marvel was called before. It was called Marvel. It was like Time Something Comics. Right. Actually, no, that's, that's DC. No, but then yeah. when it became Marvel, they didn't use Cap because it's like, no. how are we going to use him? But Stan Lee wanted to use him. The same thing with Superman, where they, if you have no character development, people can't relate to you. And that's what makes Superman or Cap different from Thor. Because Thor's a god too, but he becomes fat, or he like has problems <laughs> with his dad. Or things like that you can relate to. And I feel like as we phase out of like Earth-based heroes into the cosmic realm, that's like a big problem they have to deal with. Right. Because you think about people like... Mr. Fantastic. Like, what real, like, and that's my fear, what real character development can you have? Or even some, like, Deadpool, he's a mutant, he can't die, but he's funny, and he's, like, kind of just, like, a silly guy, so that's his character yeah, development. Yeah, we do get character development with him. Like, even especially him, like, from one to two. He's yeah, like, exactly. The other problem with Deadpool, from a comic book perspective, is that he breaks the fourth wall. So yeah. I wouldn't even, right. he can't be in the MCU because... Like, no, he's purely, like, he's purely relatable just because he already speaks to you. He's not someone you're watching. He's yeah. someone you're yeah. watching, but he knows you're watching. I feel like the best they could do with Deadpool in the MCU is a cameo. Honestly. Actually, so, but they're already, doing it. They're doing Deadpool 3. Yeah. I, I, I can see him in the MCU. Uh, yeah, I see the MCU. Insofar as the MCU is never going to have another endgame, I don't think it's a big deal. Oh, yes, it would have been really weird to, to see Deadpool in endgame as Tony's sacrificing himself break the fourth wall. Yeah, that's weird. They have Howard the Duck. <laughs> they have Howard the Duck in a cameo. In a cameo. <laughs> like... I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in whatever the next... If we if we get a true multiverse Spider-Man movie, right? And Charlie Cox's Daredevil shows up, and and right. Deadpool makes a cameo, and then, he, and then he's sort of in the MCU, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, like he, could, he could be... I'm trying to think what's a comparable thing. Um, in the early days of, like, the DC TV uh, shows, when we saw, like... Rip Hunter kind of randomly showing up in places, and as they were setting up Legends of Tomorrow, that could be Deadpool. Like, he could just kind of show up in Spider-Man. He could show up in a couple of movies and just be that guy, that fan scene, like, oh, there's Deadpool. Yeah, right? so, sort of, sort of like time traveler. Like, okay, sort of like Rhodey's, Rhodey's role now, right? Rhodey's in Armor Wars. Rhodey's in Falcon Winter Soldier. He's probably going to be in Captain America 4. He's probably going to be in Ironheart, you know? Right? Yeah. But Rhodey, Rhodey <laughs> right now is that yeah. role of just kind of showing up so fans can see a familiar face, you know, say a couple words, and then leave. It was Tony's role in, in Homecoming, and it'll probably be Tony's role in Ironheart and whatever else, so if he has yeah. an AI or whatever. Um, so I could, I could see Deadpool sort of filling that role. He's never going to be a character in the MCU. We're, we're never going to have Deadpool showing up to fight Galactus or Kang. That'd be or, 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 and it, it'd be amazing, but it's never going to happen because it doesn't fit. I think- but, but really quickly, to help Jordan out, and it's funny, right? No, in a good way, Jordan. I'm not. No. No, we're not psychoanalyzing you, Jordan. As someone that, you know, reads the comic books, I literally I got into a conversation yesterday with a classmate and a dear friend, and we were talking about how Captain America, you don't really, in the comic book, see these major story arcs from him or him start to question things or him start to become legitimately interesting until 
House of M and Civil War. Before that, keep in mind, remember, 70s, 80s, 90s, in the comic books, Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, they're keeping Marvel afloat in terms of comic book sales. Cap becomes that character that everyone loves for the big Marvel events. And he always winds up leading like the super teams when everybody comes together. Like if you guys have ever read, and this is for the podcast, Secret War, Secret Wars, 1985 Secret Wars, one of the best limited series ever. Cap is the leader. You're following Cap. It's awesome. But in Civil War, the comic book, Cap puts it to America and the world. It's about civil liberties. It's about doing the right thing, but it does so for the first time in a relatable fashion in the comic. I, I, I think that Steve Rogers becomes, is relatable, not in the first Avenger, you're right. In the first Avenger, he's not relatable. In Winter Soldier, he is. Yeah, I know that. Be, because he legitimately is trying to connect with the world that he's not a part of. And people are trying to help him. And in the Civil War, he's torn between his ideals and what's right and what's practical, and also between these two friends. And so in that way, he is. So, but I, so I see where you're coming from, Jordan. I, I, for me, at least, you know, for me, Cap is most relatable in Winter Soldier and Endgame. Yeah. Just, just as Captain America. Uh, getting back to the show, because we're, we're, we're approaching the end, not quite yet, right. but we're, we're getting there. Um, some of the villains. Oh, I, oh. I, I'll give my thing. I have always loved Zemo. I've always loved the idea of a non-super villain being the most powerful villain, right? So it's why I think Joker is one of the greatest villains of all time. Oh, he has I no superpowers. He is the most powerful villain in the DC. He's in recognized, DC. I mean, and, it's, and especially now that Magneto is not necessarily considered a villain anymore. He's right. An and considered an anti-hero. He's yeah, he's Joker. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. Joker has done most harm to DC than not Darkseid, not Monitor. It's always, and I, I think that's really cool. I love that. That's why I love Injustice and whatever. I love Zemo. I love that he is the only villain to ever tear apart the Avengers. He's the only villain to ever actually win in the Endgame. Right? Thanos loses eventually. Zemo wins. Uh, he he gets to see his at the end of, at the end of Civil War he won. Right, he wins, and and and, and they and they only come back because they lose to Thanos. So I love seeing Zemo in this. I was constantly waiting for like that moment when Zemo was gonna unveil his big master plan um, and escape and and be like this, you know, kind of over. They tease force. us with the mask. They tease us so much. I was waiting for that moment. We don't get it. I still believe he's going to eventually put on the mask. Yeah. It's gonna happen, and he's probably gonna be one of the next big bads, which I'm really excited about. Uh, on the other hand, Carly, I really liked her as a villain. She. Started off fine. I thought she was gonna be kind of like a generic. I thought I was first afraid that she'd be very generic and just like I want to blow things up. I'm angry that governments want to put the world back together. Then she became more relatable. When's like like I still obviously don't agree with her her methods or whatever because she is you know she is a, a global terrorist. But you kind you gotta get why she feels this is her yes. only option. And especially when Sam has this conversation, you can sort of see her. Uh, start to go to a side until she says, I'd kill all these innocent people again. I don't care who I have to kill, whatever. I thought she was very relatable. For me, she is a better villain than Killmonger in terms of like relatability, like really understanding mm-hmm. where they're coming from and why they're doing what they're doing. I thought she was great. Um, the only thing about her that to me made no sense is that when she dies, Sam is like grieving over her death. 
And I guess, I, I, I get it, you know, you want Captain America to be this very sympathetic character. You want us to recognize that he has a soul. He doesn't like to kill. He's not John Walker. Fine. Carly still tried to, like, burn alive a whole group of people. She still tried to kill hundreds of innocent people. I wouldn't say we should be grieving over her death. It, like, that's not exactly the vibe uh, that we were getting during that episode. Like, the episode was mm-hmm. painting her as a black-and-white villain. And so that, that moment kind of felt weird to me. Um, we can talk about Sharon Carter in a second. Yeah, Jane? Um, because I'm leaving, so I want to just, on this topic of <laughs> villains, I want to, like, the way Marvel's, like, bringing us into this era of where villains aren't black and white mm-hmm. anymore in their cinematic ad- adaptations... I feel like the next huge big bad for like the next like two three phases, oh, it needs to be. Who who could it be? I mean, like we well, have already, we already cast Kang. Like, yeah, I know. As who? I'm Doctor. so excited. No, no, no. no Kang. Kang the Conqueror is gonna be the yeah. the oh. guy. Yeah. I'm so glad it's not because Galactus has no depth. But yeah. 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 that means that you know he's next to us. Like the next real big bad is Gazi Galactus. But that's the even in the comic book though, Galactus. You can't blame Galactus for being Galactus. Galactus feeds on worlds. Like it's Galactus. Yeah. So I feel like Kang the Conqueror. Like I was. I thought it would. Be there either Kang or Galactus, and now it's looking more yeah. like Kang. Yeah. Young Avengers. I mean, we have, <laughs> we have, yeah, we have Eli yeah. Bradley. Maximoff twins may come back after Multiverse yeah. Madness. Some Deus Ex Machina. I don't know. This but is I, I want to see Speed so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this show just sets up so much, exactly. and and we and whether we see it or we don't. Eventually, it's going to like I don't know come like just come out and be, it's going to be so clear like how did we yeah. not see this before? I feel like this one show, unlike WandaVision, it, it's going to have so much more significance in the future. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I, I know the rest of us can stay for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Jane, Jane, thank, yeah. you. thank you. What's thank your one you. uh, next next podcast? Yeah, next oh, podcast. Great. <laughs> uh, my grade. Oh, oh great. Oh, great. Oh, nine point two. All right. All right. Um. Uh, well, we're on the topic of supervillains slash villains of the show. Um, I understand why Carly Morgenthau was a great villain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. She had the base, like, the building of a great villain. I hated her personality. I really did hate really? her. Really? She's a kid, though. But I, but I, she's a, I, I found her so annoying. I, I found her so unbelievably annoying. <laughs> I wanted to be very repetitive. She's so repetitive. I need to do this for my people. Everything works in a British accent, guys. I just want you to understand that. Everything works in a British accent. Carly's whole MO is talking about like giving back to innocent people. Right. Which, again, until she bombs an innocent, a, a camp full of innocent people <laughs> and steals all their supplies. <laughs> like, to Alexei's credit, that, that, that comes up in the honest trailer, actually. Yeah, they talk about that. Yeah. Like, sure, I get it. You want to help these people. Don't kill innocent people or steal their food and water and medicine to do so. But I feel like that kind of talks about the themes of power because, yeah. like, yes, she's a child who doesn't really know what she's doing, but then she has the power. She's like, wow, let me use it to gain from it. So it went from, okay, I understand the, the motto, and that's why kind of like her peers kind of were questioning yeah. her. And the yeah, season right. finale. 
but it sucked that they never actually capitalized on it. They, they, they always they called her out. They always teased them. They were like, what? But they're like, okay, one power. And I'm like, and then they all get blown up. So I'm like, I can't really see that. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, she was like, okay, great. I understand. Like, oh, you're being oppressed, and you, you just want you just want to be that open world again. You like you you want to do something, but then like. Okay, I understand you're going through these extremes because, like, you believe what you're doing is right. Like, I understand that. I found her so annoying. It was either, like, you don't understand what I'm doing or it's one world, one people. Like, it was the same, (laughs) same thing she kept saying. Like, there was no variability in what she was saying. Or it's, like, like, uh, I don't know. I, I thought, like, her character, like, what she would actually say was very lazy in terms of writing. Um... I thought Zemo was great. Yeah. Zemo was freaking amazing. Um, and Dude, Daniel Brule is just every time he killed it. He killed it. He killed it. He killed it. Power Broker. Disappointing. I, disappointing. There could have been more done with that. So my brother agrees with you guys. He you? was not uh-huh. happy no. with the portrayal of Sharon Carter. Oh, I, I he was that. very, he was very it was upset. So anti-climatic. I, well, I, mean, like, I called literally the second Exhale and I were watching the show. It was The obvious. second we saw Sharon Carter, I'm like, okay, she's a power broker. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knew it. <laughs> well, well, her right. entrance, by the way, like, awful. that, what? No, I liked her entrance. The, her entrance was sick. I The entrance was great. You know what the entrance reminds me of? Um, Cap's, Amer- I mean, Cap's entrance in, um, Infinity War, yeah. where like you come out of the shadows. Yes. No, I love the entrance. To me, what was weird is Matt, so I didn't know this, but I did some research after that episode. Apparently, Mad Rapport is a huge thing. It is a huge thing. It's a thing with like Doctor Doom and X Men. X Men. I was watching the other. Captain America. Captain America. Right. Captain America does a lot in in the comic book in 1941. Captain America was in Mad Rapport quite a bit. I've heard the Mad Rapport is a big thing. In a show that, as we've talked about a lot in this episode, that clearly ties to so many future Marvel projects. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's weird to have Madripoor literally exist as just a location. Right? So it's not Sokovia. The, when we see Sokovia, it's more than just location. It's the birthplace of Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, mm-hmm. Ultron. Um, it, it is the catalyst for civil, one of the catalysts for civil war. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not literally just a city in name that people recognize. That's true. In Falcon Winter Soldier, the only ties that we get from Madripoor are it's called Madripoor. And I know in the Shang-Chi trailer, <laughs> in, in the Shang-Chi trailer, we see what looks like the Madripoor symbol. Fine, maybe Shang-Chi will go into Madripoor. Which, he, which is which, also, he's, yeah. Which could be really cool. Right. But I don't know, it would have been nice to see, like, it, even something as small as hearing the name, what, what's Doctor Doom's uh, home? Latveria. Latveria, is that Latveria? Something like that. I'm pronouncing it the Even if they just use Madripoor as a catalyst to further imply whatever's coming next, that would be nice, considering it's so big in the comics. Uh, I, I get it. Maybe it'll be a staging ground for other stuff, whatever. But but the amount of mystery they built over Sharon Carter and the structure of Madripoor right. and the power broker and all of what seemed to be a really complex civilization, they remind me of the Continental from John Wick. Like that's the vibe I got. And in John Wick, to the writer's credits, they spend so much time on the Continental and that whole society that they're now making an entire TV show yes. dedicated just to that society and how it works. But in the first in the first movie. 
you didn't realize how deep they got to with the Continental. Right. But they did. They like, were they, really they, did. they made the Continental character. Like, 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 my, like I, I think one of the best parts of John Wick, more than just that's one of the best acting movies of all time, is the world building. You are so engrossed. It, it, it's it's such a simple concept. You know what? We should, make, we should definitely do a podcast on John Wick. We should. Yes, but sorry. It, it's such a simple oh. concept that, that they go so deep into. Madripoor, again, it's such an interesting idea to have the city outside of international law, barely known to the world, and they do nothing with it. And that was weird to me. I just want to touch on something really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Personally, and um, Mr. Caldwell, this might be hard for you to... Or maybe, not hard for you, but like because you watched most of the show yeah. at once. Um, I mean, like you probably didn't have this much perspective compared to us who were watching it every week. But um, I thought Carly was one of the most untalked about villains throughout the progression of the show that I had like I ever seen. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one was talking about Carly. Like it was either Zemo or John Walker. It was like Zemo John Walker. No Carly. Carly was just kind of and you're like, and you're right from my perspective. I can't. You would go on to the next episode. I would go right to the next episode. I only yeah. literally had a week yeah. in between. I don't have That's a good point. That's that's interesting. Like I know what Jordan huh. and I never talked about. Well, I mean, Carly no, was. but she was just that much of a basic villain. She was just like, a villain. No, she was a villain. Like. She yeah. wasn't even really a villain. She was just a terrorist. Like she that's was all just she a t- was. She was a glorified terrorist. She was a glorified terrorist. No, I'd say, I'd say she's probably. And it's sad too because I think the actress did a really good job. Oh, she was phenomenal. I think the actress did a good job. Also, I said before, I think Carly isn't really relatable. Like you, you, you yeah, I, character. To me, like in Iron Man One, you know, I think people don't often talk about Obadiah Stane because he is kind of a generic character. Yeah. Looking back on it, because I was talking to my dad about this, he's a pretty good villain. Like, oh, oh he's a great villain. Like, he's a pretty good villain. And, and I think we, oftentimes because a villain is relatable, we kind of automatically attribute relatability with being a good villain. No, that's not Wait, necessarily which is, true. Which isn't the case, oh, right? Okay. I think like, like Killmonger, right? <laughs> Killmonger it was I didn't love. I didn't think he was a good villain, but I, didn't I get think so either. I get why people think like he. But I get why to some people he's very relatable, and that may make them think he's a good villain. Look, uh, Thanos, right? So relatable, definitely. Who? Swiping out the half the universe. Also, the fact that Thanos and Carly come from the same place, right? You can they understand do. the difference is Thanos it, is it, more powerful. That's no, 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 it's not that. No. It, 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 Loki has this line in Avengers when we're talking about conviction, right? I think that's what it is. I think Thanos is convi- You can feel every single scene he's in, why he's doing it, what he's doing it for, and how what, it hurts him too. How it hurts him. Bridge between. There is the a end of Infinity War and the beginning of Endgame. You can you understand you realize how much pain he's in. Right. Yeah. Even right. And, and then compare that to someone like the Joker in The Dark Knight. Yeah. As unrelatable as unrelatable gets, the single greatest movie villain of all time. Because yeah. even him, were you know, and, and you look at the Joker in in his own movie played by Joaquin Phoenix, and even there you understand you, you understand him, but you see, but you see what reason that, like, and, and literally the at character. the point where Joaquin Phoenix is in every single solitary scene of that movie, you understand every step of the way why he's doing what he's doing, what his goal is, yeah. and what has led him to that point. Same with Thanos, and same with Joker in The Dark Knight. You don't get that with Carly. There's so but, many but, times you're saying that. Okay, with Carly and Killmonger, you're talking about world philosophy, world worldview, 
So, 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 so is that? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but, then, but that's not why we relate. Okay, we relate to Carly and Killmonger because, because we can understand their worldview. We wouldn't do the things they do, but we understand. With Thanos, no, I don't. This is not why. Why do, why do I relate to Thanos? I don't believe that you should wipe out half the universe. However, I do have a kid. I have two kids. And he loves Gamora, like, more than anything. And in that sacrifice, that, that, that one line, it's like, did you, did you get what you wanted? Yes. What did it cost you? Everything. And it's that moment of, wow, he had the conviction. He wasn't, what would you... I feel bad for I, you. Feel you. You get that Thanos loved his daughter, and you can at least he's a horrible. Part, you can respect he's not a hypocrite. Yeah, he's always willing to sacrifice him for. Carly and Killmonger are both hypocrites. They're both hypocrites. They're not willing for personal sacrifice, right? No. I, uh, oh, so give your grade. Give your grade. <laughs> Final grade. I think I will go with this is not like when I say nine out of ten, that's on the ten point scale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nine out of ten. Like, okay. like for a like <laughs> flat A. Like a really yeah, yeah, yeah. A. Guys, it's been great. As awesome. Always. Next one, next All pod. Right. We'll see you later. Okay. Next podcast, Lil. Continuing <laughs> off your point, Mr. Codwell. Right. I understand what you're just saying. Right. This this might seem a little unnatural, but I always like to relate to my favorite superhero of all time, Mr. It's, Batman. It's all good. Um, I think in the same way, Batman, like even though he's an anti-hero, he he has the same philosophy. He's yeah, willing. Anti- to... Batman's wait, wait. an anti-hero. He is an anti-hero. What are you talking what about? What makes him an anti-hero? It, besides the fact that he doesn't kill, he's very like willing to do anything. Like, yeah, Batman you, is kind of rugged. It, it, you, Batman. Wait. Wait, <laughs> it, it's not very well portrayed in like TV and movies, but in the comic books, he's a very ruthless person. He's ruthless. So no, he okay, is. Okay. Is Daredevil an anti-hero? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. 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 Yeah, yeah. And that also, Matt Murdock is not a good person. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, 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 Batman's. He's like. Anti-hero is a stretch. I think it's it. Okay, okay. That's he, a stretch. He, okay. Oh, I see where Alexi's coming from. He's on the gray line between hero and anti-hero. He's yeah. on the line. Yeah. He swings. He swings. He, I, I agree. Well, he's never... Well, it depends what iteration. Like, in, like, no, yes. It definitely Nightmare depends. Batman? Full-on anti-hero, whatever. It depends. Right? Like, like Dark, Wait, Dark Knight Returns? Full-on anti-hero. Okay. Right? But like new Fifty Two Batman, no Fifty Two Batman, fine, right? Long Halloween, uh, full I'm on hero. I'm saying like, okay, full on hero. I think it depends. Okay, okay, all right. Either way, either way. My, my whole point is, Batman's whole crusade is built on the fact that he's willing to do anything to mm-hmm. achieve his goal, yeah. anything for the mission. It's like the idea that he would like, like if he could possibly stop all crime forever. He would let the whole Bat family die. Like, he's willing to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same way, it's the same thing with Thanos. Like, he, he saw his world and his planet die. And similar to Batman, mm-hmm. he saw his parents die. He saw what crime did. And so it's sort of like, they go at different ways to sort of like, stop that from happening to other people. And I think we can all agree that being Batman is probably a better solution than <laughs> half of all your life. In the universe, yes. Look, I think on that vein, you know, I was watching the other day someone going through kind of like the, the pre-Endgame MCU. I forgot why. 
Um, but one thing I picked up on is it's, it's really subtle. In every single movie with Iron Man, except for Homecoming, because he's not like the main character, in every movie where he is one of the main characters, he tries to kill himself. Or he tries to sacrifice himself in some way. Right? Iron Man 1, he lays on top of the reactor to kill Obadiah Stane. Iron Man 2, he puts in the reactor knowing it might kill him uh, so he can stop Whiplash and Justin Hammer. Iron Man 3, I mean, half that movie is him on the verge of death, having panic attacks, but still going into battle knowing it could kill him. Uh, Avengers 1 flies the nuke into space. Avengers 2 blows up Sokovia with him underneath it. Infinity War gets stabbed and is stranded in space. In Endgame, he sacrifices himself. Iron Man's another one of those people where his conviction is always there. I think getting back to our discussion on Carly and Killmonger, in both of those cases, the two biggest issues they suffer from are that there are a multitude of times when you're watching them on screen and you have no idea why they're doing what they're doing, what they're doing, or why it matters slash what their endgame is, right? Like Killmonger, Killmonger goes from, I am, a, I am deeply disturbed with the societal injustices in America and Wakanda, which is a completely rational argument, mm-hmm. to I want to give weapons more powerful than nukes to every person of this category in the world. Mm-hmm. Two very different things, mm-hmm. right? Carly goes from, goes from, look, you one know, world, one people, too. Okay, let's right. just kill everybody. Exactly. She goes, from, she goes from one world, one people to anyone who disagrees with me deserves to get burned alive. And and and, and that, to me, makes them bad villains. Because you can't – I get it. You want to make a villain seem imposing and threatening and have a master plan. But you have to make it that – you have to make that master plan make sense, right? Or just don't have a master plan and be like the Joker where it is he is just inciting chaos – because of his conviction, and that works perfectly. But I think that that's, once again, you, it comes down to sort of being hypocritical. I, and I think that's what makes someone a villain. It, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's the thing. Like, if Killmonger took power and then started to govern, then okay, he's not a villain. He's just a he's crafty just, politician. Yeah. He's a villain because he's like, okay, by the way, here are all these weapons, let's go for it. I, you know, that's what makes them villains. And, and once again, it doesn't make them unrelatable. It just makes them villains. It's not that the, I agree with that. Like, that's what makes them villains. Right. What makes a great villain is when the bridge between their oh. their their roots and their plan is is crystal clear, right? I, think, I, think I agree with that. I think it's most clear with yeah. Joker in The Dark Knight, Joker in Joker, mm-hmm. uh, Thanos and mm-hmm. Zemo. He's not a villain. Any, I, I think he's like a villain slash anti-hero, more villain. But I think in those four cases, it's clear. And that's why those are, in my opinion, the four greatest uh, comic book villains of all time. Because the bridge between... In, 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 in comic movie. books? Well, okay, four greatest superhero movies. Joker is all time. Okay, in media. Joker is the greatest one of all time. Him and like Darth Vader, I'd say, are probably two greatest ones of all time. You wouldn't say Magneto? I mean, maybe. No, no, Joker... The only reason I don't say Magneto, but once again, my own world... I look at Magneto as an anti-hero. Oh, I don't agree with yeah. everything yeah. Magneto does, but I firmly understand why Magneto does, does what he does. He does. Yeah. All you have to do is look at that tattoo on him, and yeah. you know why well, think, he's doing this. <laughs> I, I, you know, Magneto, this is, this is a pretty good segue into, I think, the last big topic we need to cover. Part of what makes Magneto so great, again, I've never been a huge X-Men fan, mm-hmm. uh, considering just how bad the movies were, mm-hmm. most of them. Uh, but part of what, what makes Magneto so great is, you know, especially as a Jewish person, you get why he is so <laughs> against the world and why he is yes. so fearful 
of anyone trying to take things away from him because of who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, there are a lot of real-world problems, a lot of real-world conversations that happen when Magneto's on screen or whatever. Falcon Winter Soldier, same thing. So I think we should talk about Isaiah Bradley and, oh, and, that, and that whole thing. Yeah. A lot of Falcon Winter Soldier, a big part of the show deals with Sam trying to come to terms with him, a black man, becoming Captain America. And what that means for him, what it means for, for African Americans, what it means for America... I thought they handled that incredibly well. That was the best part. Of uh, I thought I was I was real. I thought the writers of Falcon and Winter Soldier seriously they deserve they deserve so much credit because they they took an incredibly complicated subject yeah. that they knew had the potential to really divide their fan base, and they did it in an incredibly thoughtful way. I I thought every single I've never I've never been so moved in a pop culture mm-hmm. setting by a racial conversation as I was in Falcon. Because it was an honest racial It was an honest conversation. And what I love especially was at first, it, it, it got all, it, it got the different sides. Because remember at first, Bucky's very upset with with Sam. How could you do this? You well, don't understand. Don't understand. You know, he doesn't he, understand, but and, he also has that mid 20th century mindset. Of, of what America is, right. Too. And then Bucky, and that's also part of Bucky's arc. Where Bucky is like, oh, oh, wow, I understand why this is messed up, why this is complicated for you, yeah. and I get it, and I shouldn't have been angry with you. You got to make your own choice about this, and that was incredible because it was a conversation, and Bucky has to get there, but he does, and 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 it was wonderful, and ultimately, neither Isaiah or Sam are wrong. And right. the show is like, we're not saying either. Black, right? Black people, you get a choice as a black person in how you're going to view America based upon how you were treated. And you understand Isaiah, you understand Sam. And that moment where Isaiah goes and he sees he's actually recognized, there's a, a bad movie. <laughs> there's a bad movie, Rambo 2. But the end of but it has a good line, and it completely equates to Isaiah. Isaiah, at the end of Rambo, he says, "I want my country to love me as much as I love it." And ultimately, Isaiah, it's like it's the same thing, right? I gave so much, and they erased me, and they did this to three hundred people, mm-hmm. and we all died. It's like, and and what did I give for it? You know. Oh, Lexi, you can go. Oh, okay. Um, Normally, I absolutely hate it when, like, race and sexuality are added into TV. Wait, wait, wait. I know it sounds weird. No, because because it is majority of the time largely forced. And not only, like, do they not really address the issues well or, like, Mm -hmm. properly at all, but... It just derails the show completely. It could be after school special like. Yeah, and and it's not it's no longer about the show. It's become okay, well, let's how let's That's talk so about cool. race and sexuality in a really bad and poor manner. And I think a great example of that is the Batwoman um, mm-hmm. TV series, which mind you, she is traditionally and in the comic books is a lesbian, but in the TV show, like Somehow they managed to ruin something that was already true about the character. Like the whole show is crap. Anyway, besides that, the show did uh, uh, like Jordan and I talk about this. 
it was so natural and it felt so genuine. Like this was probably one of the first times where I felt like a show didn't force the issues. Like I said, Luke Cage does it. Yeah. Luke Cage okay. does well, a very good job. It's just once again bad villains. Yeah, the only other show, in my opinion, that does it, that does it. I think actually better than Falcon or Soldier. It's gonna sound weird. Is The Walking Dead, and, and it's gotten a little fun because I, I was talking to some about this in Canada and and Europe at the graduate level. Uh, the ethics department there at the graduate level in Canada and Europe study. They use The Walking Dead as their curriculum because they've um, they, they've realized that The Walking Dead is the only piece of pop culture that properly represents the full range of ethical dilemmas in human experience, uh-huh. which, which is fascinating. Um, and, it, and The Walking Dead has the most diverse cast I've ever seen on a show. Every single mm-hmm. solitary group of mankind is represented in The Walking Dead, and not once in a decade long, I think it's now going on 11 years, not once has the show ever made it force. And, and I think Falcon and Soldier, obviously it's its first season, Right? It's, like, it's more of a one-time thing. It's not as incredible as a, as a 10-year-long run, but it does the same thing. It is always natural. Mm-hmm. It's always genuine. It's never forced. Um, and like, to me, at the point where literally the only thing that I had any sort of a problem with was one line from Isaiah Bradley, I think the show deserves to be commended hugely um, for, for, for the work it did in that regard. Definitely. I wanted to talk about Isaiah Bradley because, like, Isaiah Bradley, for listeners, comes from Truth, Red, which Red, I, Blue, which and own, Black, which right? Which I own the number one issue, by the way. No, yeah, yes, it's a yeah. great comic it's a great book. book. It's a great book. And that's why one of the episodes is called Truth. I just wish they gave flashback to that oh, because that it would give right. users, like, Ooh. understanding. And I yeah. think that's kind of a problem right. with a lot of MCU stuff. Like, guys like us, we can talk because we're really into that. Right. But for someone who doesn't really know comics, they just watch movies, they don't really understand. God, and I think... I, the best parallel to this is Captain America, the first movie, when Cap goes back to save everyone, he's called a hero. Yeah. In the comics, Isaiah Bradley does the same thing mm-hmm. and is tarnished and is thrown in prison, and yeah. Bradley explains that. But if we saw a cinematic rendition of that, it would have made more sense. It would understand mm-hmm. why he thinks that way. Right. He did the exact same thing Cap did, but he was just black, so he was treated differently. Right. And also in terms of race, also the idea that, like, when you talk about whether it's black superheroes or superheroes that are part of the LGBTQ plus community, you kind of have to talk about that mm-hmm. part of their identity because mm-hmm. that's what makes them special. 100%. And I think the problem with that often is we make it all about that. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not fo- because once again, people don't talk about that constantly. No. And once again, yes, some of Sam's very real world issues are coming from his race, but it's also coming from the, a question that they ask. It's like, do you guys get paid? Right. And it's like, do any of you get paid? How does this work? No. And it, it, it worked so well. But as I said, even I was talking with Alil about this and Jordan, when he walked in, even the philosophical or even the trope that they used at the end was perfect. And it concluded it and it summed it up. Bucky gets invited to the cookout. And it's the idea of, okay, Bucky, we see you. And Bucky's like, hey, I see you too. And I get it. And it's like, okay, we can come together as a people. And no, the conversations aren't over. The conversations aren't over. We're not there. We haven't won. But the conversation is an honest thing. And I thought that I, I was 
when they did the cookout thing, I cl- I was like, this is awesome. Is. And once again, it wasn't a whole bunch of exposition or talking about, you know, it wasn't this big thing, oh, Bucky, now you understand. It was a, they did it perfectly. It was really subtle. Exactly. It was subtle. It was, he's coming to the cookout. Yeah. Right. And he wants to be there. Yeah. Definitely. And people want him to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so what, what is your... Oh, my grade? grade? Yeah, this is very simple. I'm not a lot, it, it's... It was so funny. I guess we started going by IGN rules real quick. Uh, so I'll, I'll give both uh, IGN. I'll give it a nine point six, a flat A. It was it was a not an A minus. It was an A from start to finish. I also think they benefited six episodes. Yeah. They went BBC. They went. You know. I think that needs. That's the sweet spot. Uh, six episodes. No no filler. Yeah, I, I could have used, was, it was, I used yeah. one more episode I in, in between five and six. Okay. Because Carly goes from, like, whatever to, I want to go blow up this building with the entire, like, UN yeah. in it. I would have used one more episode, just a couple more scenes, right. but I agree. It, one Division's eight was way too long. It was too long, long for what Marvel's six. trying to do. I, 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 I think Loki is seven episodes. Is it? Okay. I think, so Loki may be the perfect. But that's kind of different, though, because it's not really related to that. It's like... Right, but but, but still, like, yeah, I think yeah. definitely but, when it so, comes to Marvel, erring on the shorter side. Erring on the shorter side. And, and also, I'll give Marvel credit. We got into this conversation earlier about John Walker representing what America actually is right now. That was great. That was a great point. Obviously, the blood on the shield. Once again, not hand-handed, and it worked. At the end of that episode, because of what they did, I hated John Walker. Yeah. Just Let's put aside what I know about the comic books. Just as this story, I hated John Walker. But then, I'll give Marvel credit, and he did it well. When he goes back to see Lamar's parents, mm-hmm. and yes, there is ego wrapped up in it too, but that was his friend. Right. And you could feel for John Walker, and you kind of want him to. He's not all evil. Uh, I think he's not. He's not. No one's 100% of anything. I'll he's the one who's trying to meet expectations he can't meet. Right. Yeah. I'll take this up. I think John is a good man. I think I think he's unequivocally a good human being. There's just too much pressure. I think he is. I think he is. Weak is the wrong word. That's not the word I want to use. But is, why isn't it though? Well, yeah, that's right. I, I think maybe it I think, is. I think, he is <laughs> I think he is weak, and he is deeply misguided yeah. on what makes yeah. Captain America Captain America. And by like in the same vein, what makes America great? I think he is deeply misguided. And that's the thing, in, right? Steve has Steve Rogers had his opinion of what made America great, and Sam had his opinions of what made America great. And you can disagree, right? But essentially, you see them as good people who are actually strong people. Yeah. You're actually right. John Walker has his opinion, and it's like, ooh, dude, you are missing some stuff. But yeah. it's also at the same time, does he, though? Because when we talk about him as a soldier, he followed orders. He came, became Captain right. America. He followed orders. Well, I, th- I think, I think the, medals, was... I mean, the, medals, the medals he gets are at, or weren't following orders. I think that, is him, that was him acting on his own. But, even but, then, I... what the, but then he talks about with Omar all the murder and stuff they had. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. He says somewhere, I think in that episode before Omar gets killed, that he thought this was his chance to be something different. Yes. yes uh, not to be that It killer. was almost like this was his redemption. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he ends up still being that same killer. He, 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 but so, just, just, and yeah. that's the thing. So... Did John Walker do, and he, he just did what he did before. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He had already done these things yeah. in war. Exactly. So, you know. All right, Alexei. So, your final grade. I'm going to give this a 9.3. Um, my <laughs> issue is 
I think they could use one more episode. Oh, okay. Mainly for the character development of Carla Morita and also maybe like make that finale feel less rushed. Okay. Because things happen so fast and like not a lot really happened in the finale if you think about it. Sort of just like, yeah. Okay, these people were kidnapped, yeah. great. Now they're no longer kidnapped, woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin? I would give it. I'll give it a 9.4. I, I think that we talked about all the great things that they had, not even necessarily another episode, just more time to explain the power broker. Okay. To explain Carly, to just to give it a better wrap up. It would have been fine, but the show as this was great, and I'm excited to see how MCU uses Disney Plus oh. as a way to bring <laughs> extra character development, because you wouldn't see that on film. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, so I think for me, I give it. I'd say 9.3. I think as a show, it was really good. As a self-contained thing, it needed it. It definitely needed to work on character development. Uh, it needed to work on exposition. I think oftentimes we want a show to do less exposition because shows sometimes tell too much and don't show enough. Uh, this show neither showed nor told us enough. It didn't do either. So I, I definitely, as a show, it has its flaws, but it was still really good. Um, as a Marvel property. This is the most excited I've been for the future in a yeah. long, long time. In a very long time. Um, and so I really think Marvel, just for their own, getting themselves back on their feet, and you know, really kind of even coming out of Endgame and the pandemic and hitting the ground running this fall, I think they've set themselves up really well. I think Loki is going to knock it out of the park. Falcon and Soldier was the show for me I was the least excited for. Definitely. And, and I think it's going to end up being the best of the three. So for well, me, it's sort of like when Winter Soldier came out. Yeah. No one knew right, for, that Winter Soldier was going to be like the best Marvel I, movie. I think, I think it's the same is true for the original Iron Man. Yes. The same is true for Guardians of the Galaxy. The yes. same, and the same is true for Ant-Man. I think oh. All of those great movies no one was excited for. So for me, it's a 9.3. Uh, guys, this was great. This is great. Thank you so much. Next week, we're going to talk about Invincible. Uh, Jane will be back on. Uh, Mr. Colin, Alexa, yep. and whoever else. Justin, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll have you back uh, for whatever else. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed. See you all next week.